Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 140th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Today, we are going to talk about why gratitude is so important and how we can teach our teens to be grateful and thankful. On our show today, we have Erica Suter, parenting expert and author of How to Raise a Kid and a Life, a Survival Guide. Erica is a nationally recognized voice in parenting news and parenting advice. She has over 20 years of journalism experience and is a frequent contributor on Good Morning America and other national broadcast outlets, where it's her job to speak to parents across the country about the issues, controversies, and trends most affecting families today. Her writing has also been featured in People Magazine, U.S. Weekly, Essence, Cosmopolitan, Self, and WebMD. She received her bachelor's degree from Georgetown University and a master's degree from the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. So welcome, Erica. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I am too. This is going to be a very important conversation, I think, for all the moms listening. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the ages of your kids? Yeah, I live in New York City. I have a 14-year-old and a 4-year-old, a crazy spread in ages. Do not yes, recommend this because <laughs> I'm two different parents at every time. You know, the 4-year-old needs something different than a teenager needs. But it's a fun and wild ride. But I'm a journalist as well. 
And I focus on parenthood. It's actually my specialty. So I spend my time interviewing moms across the country about their experience and uh, what's impacting their lives most. And I, and I love it. It's the best job ever. That sounds like a wonderful job. I mean, I'm a therapist, so in some ways I do it from a different perspective. I'm interviewing moms and listening to stories all the time. So you have a book called How to Have a Kid and a Life, a Survival Guide. So when did that come out? It came out a couple of months ago, and the reason I decided to write it is that during my interviews and my meetings and focus groups with moms and researchers, there were certain things that always seemed to come up that moms felt they didn't know how to make better. Things that were leaving them burned out, stressed, and feeling kind of overwhelmed. And uh, so this book isn't really about how to parent a child. It's about how to parent yourself, to give yourself a little grace and forgiveness And start to focusing on yourself. I I constantly say moms need to put themselves back on top of their to-do list. I completely agree. Yeah. We're soul sisters here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about gratitude today. Mm -hmm. And this episode is going to be launched the week of Thanksgiving. So I think that's a really appropriate thing. But gratitude, of course, can carry on throughout the year. So whenever you're listening to this episode... We can all benefit from gratitude. So first of all, do you think teens can be grateful? (laughs) I think they can. Well, I think they can be grateful, just not when we want them to be. (laughs) They pick and choose the moment they want to show their gratitude. But it's tough with teens, right? Because they're so much older. They have these ideas starting to cement in their head about how it's okay for them to be and act and communicate. And so it's for a lot of parents and teens, it's an uphill battle teaching that gratitude, but it can absolutely be done. All right. So I think every mom out here, ears are wide open, wanting to hear Mm -hmm. how to do that because I think often like that stereotype of a teen is that they're ungrateful Mm-hmm. And that's the complaint I hear from lots of moms. They're not grateful. They're entitled. They feel like mm-hmm. they deserve everything. Moms feel like the Uber driver and the personal assistant. Absolutely. <laughs> I think what we have to remember is that, you know, we, we so very easily we bark instructions and orders to our kids, regardless of age. Do this, do that. You should be grateful. You should say thank you. You should this and, this and that. Kids I think the way to cement these lessons in kids is to make it experiential, to show them and also have them experience what it is to show gratitude. And I think that's really important. It's not just saying, it's doing, and it's modeling. Okay, that's great. So we're going to dive into that. And you talked about the 2019 study for the Journal of Happiness. So can you talk about that? Mm -hmm. So there was a study, this is the study of 22 countries that, the one about the happiness of parents worldwide, is that the one you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a study of 22 developed countries, and it surveyed what parenting was like for parents in these developed countries. And it showed that parents in the U.S. were the least happy of all other parents across the world. And there are a lot of things that go into that. You know, we don't have a lot of help with childcare. Um, medical care is not something that everyone has. We don't have paid maternity or paternity leave in a lot of places. So all of that does go into it. But it's also, I think, the, that parents are so swallowed up by the act of parenting, 
right? They absolutely need to take a step back and also still focus on themselves. And that is something that very few moms I interviewed over the five years that I was writing this book did. Their entire existences became wrapped up in their children. And of course, we think that's what it's supposed to be, right? There are kids, they need us, we need to like nurture them and help them grow. But the cost is a lot of people just think of parenting as this depleting, overwhelming thing when it, and it is, <laughs> it can be overwhelming, but yeah. it doesn't have to be there. If you leave space for yourself, it can change how you feel about the rest of your day, right? If you focus on yourself and you put some of your needs back on top of that long list of things that you need to do. Yes. So I think there was another study that found that grateful teens are more happy with their lives, have better grades, and are more engaged with their community and friends. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you're right. So there was another study that found that kids who have a sense of gratitude, who really kind of get that they're fortunate and that they're they they know that the things that they have are worked for and that not everyone experienced like they experienced life tend to be more grateful and showed a lot more respect and gratitude for their lives and that made them happy right so what we want our kids to be happy we want to focus on what our kids need to be happy and it's not just stuff and it's not just playdates and parties and a bunch of gifts during the holidays. There are things that we can do for our kids that kind of show them why they should be grateful for what they have. Yeah. So in Houston, there was a horrible thing that happened with this concert called the World concert. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I knew a lot of kids who went to that and they saw some horrible things uh-huh. and they became grateful. Yeah. They were extremely horrified by what they saw, but they were grateful that they were okay. They were grateful for their friends. They were grateful for mm-hmm. their families. I've just known a lot of teens who are going through a lot of trauma. They just opened their eyes to, I'm grateful I'm alive. I'm grateful that yeah. I have a life. Do you see that kind of things too, that sometimes trauma can bring, and trauma and hardship can Mm -hmm. help people find gratitude? I especially find it with hardship because thank goodness, not most teens aren't experiencing death of that magnitude, like at Astroworld. But I do find that, you know, parents who talked about when their kids have gone through bouts of homelessness or, you know, food insecurity or um, the loss of a loved one, those things kind of help a child learn in the moment that life can be hard and that we should be grateful for the things that we have. And by grateful, it's thankful and knowing that not everyone experiences it. Not everyone has what they have. I mean, it's really interesting because you can do, you can start this for kids as young as four. And I do, I started it with both of my kids when they were around four years old. And that's just giving them lessons on people who don't have. Yeah, yeah. So let's circle back to where you saying, You say that the best lessons in gratitude are experiential. So -hmm. can you talk more about what that means? Yeah. So again, you know, so many parents I talk to you, like I tell him he should be thankful or tell her she should be grateful. And it's like, you know, I mean, kids, (laughs) their brains aren't even fully developed yet. I don't know why we expect them to just kind of get... Right. Get get these things. And yeah. so one of the ways that parents can really teach these lessons is by doing things that help them know how fortunate they are. You know, in my house, before Santa comes, my kids have to give up toys and things that they don't use. And we I'm very clear we have to give up because there are kids who don't have anything. 
Mm. and who won't get a lot of gifts and who won't experience Christmas like we have. Or when we go, we donate to food pantries and it's like we put, they're helping me put things in boxes so that they know that like, you know, someone having this can of food might be the only food this person has all day. And even participating in drives, my older son's school has a, a toiletry drive for homeless teens. And so putting together toothpaste, mouthwash, deodorant, socks, and making them participate in those things opens up the reality of it. And that's what is so key. And then I think if you have an older one, they kind of get it, right? They kind of will, they'll understand the experience on a deeper level than like a four-year-old. But if you keep doing it for that four-year-old over the years, you're going to also teach them and they're going to see and they're going to know. Uh, and it could start with little things like, oh, we have to get rid of your stroller. You're a big boy now. And there are kids who don't have strollers. And for, you know, a kid, it's like, oh my God, they don't have strollers. They have to walk. <laughs> yes. And it's not scaring kids. It's just, it's teaching them. And we live in a world right now where we shouldn't necessarily shield all of this stuff from our kids. We have to do it in an age appropriate way, but we do have to start sharing with them the little bit of realities of the world so that they grow into more grateful people. Yeah. And a key element in what you're talking about is that we're teaching them empathy and perspective taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cause they're like, like you just said, is like, you mean people don't have something to eat? People don't have clothes? Like when you go back into the hardship areas. So when they start to think about outside their own lives of what, mm-hmm. how hard life can be for many, then I think that definitely helps the thankfulness and the gratefulness. Yeah. And I do have to mention that I know some teens are going to be reluctant and annoyed that they have to do it. Make them do it. You're the boss. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, can, you know, make it a family event. So everyone, this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to decorate the train and we're going to go our closets and take out stuff to give to people who don't have. And then, you know, with my older child, I, we talk about stats and the number of homeless. We live in New York city and the number of homeless people has increased significantly in the past year and a half. And just making them aware that this is happening right around you and what that means. And then, you know, I also have conversations with him about you know, people are born homeless. Something has happened. And trying to understand that they may have been just like you at one point, house with their parents and happy and going to school, but something happened. And so we have to have some empathy and care. We have to care for people. Yes. I had a guest on my podcast once who did write a book on empathy. And she said that you have to help them connect the dots, just like you did. Mm -hmm. Or they won't get it, empathy. Like exactly what you just said is if they're just volunteering and putting toothpaste in a box, they're not going to get it. Kids aren't born homeless or whatever. Or how'd you say it? Yeah, well, no one's born homeless. Yes. Right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, technically some people are, but in general, when you're having a conversation with your kids, you can say like no one starts out, no parent wants their child to start out life this way. No, no person starts out life thinking they're going to be homeless in their 20s or 30s or 40s. And I think having those conversations is critically important because your kids are so wrapped up in themselves, their devices, their video games, they're hanging out. And those teen years are really a critical point to like make sure you're raising good people. And I think that's when I talk to parents, that's one of their biggest fears that they're not going to raise good people. And and it's possible (laughs) to neglect some of these lessons. You know, it's really interesting. My husband actually has been doing this for years. 
he buys me flowers from him and the boys for every holiday, like for Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, my birthday. And I don't really care for flowers in general. Like, it's not like I'm always like, oh, you don't have to do that. Don't waste your money. It's okay. Let's just go to dinner or whatever. And he was like, no, I want them to see from a very young age that when you, when someone does so much for you, you do nice things for them to show yes. them that you're grateful. And that is so important. That was, this was obviously years ago when our oldest was really little that he said that. And that was when I really started thinking about what our children see and modeling the way we want them to be. And a lot of parents don't do that. Not intentionally. They're not, they're overwhelmed. They're busy. They're just like, just do this, do X, Y, Z and go, you know, move on with your day. But we really have to put these little things in our lives so that it becomes like a regular way of being. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What you said before, I love because I don't think any teen, I mean, maybe there's a rare teen. I think most teens are going to say, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to the volunteer. I don't want to do that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't want to go, but it's still good for them. It's still really good. And you make it a family activity. So I wouldn't just send them with instructions to do this or do that. I would be like, you know what, as a family, we're just going to spend two hours today doing this and then then drive the clothes or things wherever they're going to be dropped off. And then also, if you can get the director of whatever program or the pastor or whomever who's taking their donations to to have a quick conversation with your kids about what this stuff means to the people who are getting it, that also all knows that teens listen to other people (laughs) More I readily love that than idea. Yeah, no, I love that idea. <laughs> so having someone else relay that message is also really critically important. Mm, that's a really good one. You said that you think you should require teens to say thank you. Can you talk about oh, that? Absolutely. 100%. So, and this again is something that it's never too late to start. And I know you're going to get eye rolls and that's okay. And huffs, but Every time we leave our building, my kids, both of them have to say thank you or how was your day to the man at the front desk downstairs because I want them to know that someone is working and they're working for hard to keep our building safe or to help us when we need help and that that deserves a thank you and that that is something that we can't just take for granted. Right. If my children walk, start walking out the door and they're walking a few feet away from me and they walk out without saying something, I stop them and I make them come back. And I say, you didn't say thank you or you didn't say hello or or good morning or whatever. You have to show people basic human respect and kindness. And that's the way it starts. It's a little thing. It's It's a very small thing to make your children say, please, thank you. And how are you? Do it. Yes. No, I completely agree. And, you know, some mom may be listening and saying, but what if they don't feel like it? Well, I don't feel like making dinner. (laughs) <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> I don't feel like going to this play date on Saturday in the park in the cold, but I'm going to do it. And and I say that, you know, and if I get pushback, that is the conversation that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of parents don't get firm with their kids. Right. And mm-hmm. I love that my, my teenager and I, we have a really great relationship where every day when I pick them up from school or drop off school, we have these great conversations about what went on. And it started, you know, a few years back. But I would ask, I wouldn't ask how your day, like when I pick him up, I don't ask how your day was. I ask, did someone do anything nice for you today? Good question. Um, 
Yeah. And, or did something happen today that surprised you? And it gets into conversations about his friends and their behavior and what they're doing. And then conversations jump off from that. So I think so many parents were like, oh, how's your day? Fine. Like that's, that's the response. But if you ask them something that makes them think where they probably have an interesting answer. Yeah. I, so I think it's, you know, critically important to develop a kind of relationship with your kids where they'll talk to you about something, not everything. I know kids, you know, go and talk to their parents about everything, but simple as like, Hey, did you see did anything like really funny happen in class today? or things like that to kind of get the conversation going. Yeah, I really like that. Yes, I completely agree that I think manners can be taught and they might not Mm -hmm. feel it, but they're going to say it. Like you, and I love that you take them back to the man at the desk and say, you need to say thank you. Oh yeah. That's so important. Yeah, it really is. Or when we're at a ice cream shop, say thank you. We're at the grocery store and someone helps us with something like say, and I say it, I'm like, say thank you. I'm like, oh, of course, you know, my, my team's like, I said it. And I'm like, say it so they can hear you. <laughs> I didn't hear you. So they didn't hear you say it louder. And it's okay to push back and be direct with them. And what I notice is that when I'm not around, parents always tell me your son is so respectful and so kind. And so he gives me pushback on things, but I know it's working. I know on some level, when he's out there in the world relating to other people, he is being kind and showing gratitude and thanks for things. Do you think you can teach teens how to be kind? When you have a teenager, bullying, clicks, all that stuff comes into their world. Like it is just, and, and it brings back all of these insecurities from when we were kids, right? Because we know what it's like to be a teen and wanting to be a part of this clique or, or wanting to be invited to this party or, or that kind of thing. I think that we have to, require our kids to be kind so what I tell my son is like well you don't have to hang out with him but when you see him or whoever that kid is you have to be nice to him you have to Mm -hmm. be nice you can't like make them feel purposefully left out and I said but I'm not going to make you play or hang out with that person but and I you know I did that there was a kid that he was not friends with and he didn't like very much always complain about him and we saw them at some events and they wound up talking and like hanging out at the event and I was talking to their that child's parents and then they exchange numbers and now they like text and they play like some video game you play online <laughs> together yeah. yeah and I was like see like sometimes you also have to step back and give them the give them the rules and how you treat people but then also let them discover that there are things that they may like about someone that they didn't think they would I, I guess I'm, this is a long way of saying yes you can teach kindness but you have to give them the rules about how you treat people and then also let them exercise it and do it if you see something and you see someone being them being rude or unkind, you have to say something. Like, I don't think parents should let that slide. Right. Um, well, I don't, you know, I won't tolerate bullying. And, but I think we also have to understand sometimes the way boys relate to each other is to poke fun at each other. So we, we, as parents, we have to discern the difference between yeah. like bro, bro talk and really being cruel. So we're kind of like detectives, I guess. In a way. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And I, focus a lot on girls and girls can be mean they can be they can be mean and I think in terms of kindness you come back to the compassion empathy piece Mm -hmm. where they're like you know so and so she's so stuck up she's so this she's so that and then helping them see that person as a human being and Mm -hmm. what would that be like I mean how would that feel if you were that person and I think those conversations are so important too, because they understand what it's like at some point you've been left out or felt bad. And so reminding them, did you like it when, you know, 
Carrie didn't invite you to the, her sleepover or whatever, or her birthday party. How did that make you feel? Do you want to make someone else feel that way? But it's interesting. I was talking to a mom the other day and her daughter is continually left out of like the clique of girls at their school. And then her daughter had a gathering. And then one of the girls who always kind of leaves her out was upset that she wasn't invited and she called crying demanding to be invited, which I found so interesting. I thought, well, this child hasn't been taught any kind of empathy because she treated her so badly and then she demands to be invited to her party. And I was interested because the mom just let it right out. She's like, you know, I'm going to let my daughter choose whether or not she wants her there. And this is going to be a lesson to the other girl. If you're going to be mean, people aren't going to want to be around you and not going to offer you more kindness than you will offer them. So sometimes if we have to let them learn the hard way that this is the result of being unkind and rightfully so. Yeah. Good point. So how can moms model gratitude? be exactly what we want our kids to do. So when my son does something that's helpful, you know, so, and there are moments where he'll do something which is like really wonderful. I'm like, oh my God, he's so amazing. I'm so happy. <laughs> and telling them, thank you. I'm telling them like, I appreciate that. And this is why I appreciate that. Because, you know, kids, a lot of parents feel like, well, kids should do chores and that's it. They shouldn't, why should we say thank you? And it's because they're helping, you know, my son does something. I'm like, well, thank you. That really helps me because it makes it so I can get done quicker so I can do X, Y, and Z. So explaining to them when they do something good or kind, the impact it has, whether it's me or someone else. Now, I do have to tell you, I was so proud the other day when I I saw him emptying the dishwasher and I thought, yes. And then I I went and looked and he didn't check. The dishes were actually dirty. (laughs) But I didn't get like upset. I was like, and I'm like, well, you know, you have to check and make sure the dishes before you take them out but so sometimes we're going to make mistakes but the point is that he did it the point is that he tried and I think that we have to show them that we're grateful for when they do these things and then when we're interacting with other people especially moms of girls if we're mean girls our kids are going to daughters are going to be mean girls yeah and I think that we have to check ourselves when we're gossiping about some mom in front of our children or a friend or someone or being unkind because our kids they pick it up. So we have to show them gratitude when they do something kind and wonderful or that we're appreciative of. We also have to model what it's like to be a good, kind person. I'm not saying that you can't gossip with your mom friend. That's like impossible. (laughs) Everyone's going to want to do it, but don't do it in front of your kids. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to like kind of do a deep dive around gratitude and modeling and moms. And I think it kind of relates to the message in your book and kind of one of the messages in my book, because I think sometimes as moms, we are not grateful. I don't mean that you're unkind, but we're not thankful because we're so exhausted. Yeah. And I think those who are listening right when this comes out and you're thinking about Thanksgiving or the holidays are coming, many moms or hearts are not overflowing with this automatic gratitude, our first thoughts are like, oh my gosh, I have so many work deadlines. How am I going to get to the grocery store? I can't believe aunt so-and-so is coming. What am I going (laughs) to do with my kids? They're going to be grumpy. They're going to want to be on their phones. And like, we're already dreading all the drama that we think is coming towards us. Yeah. I don't say this in terms of any kind of judgment because I think this actually is all moms. Like, I think we can default into this 
dread mode instead of a grateful mode, just because Mm -hmm. with the holidays coming. So I think that part of modeling gratitude for moms is coming back to intention and remembering Mm. ourselves like, oh, yeah, this is called Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So anything you would like to add to that? Yeah, you know, and I think it, it is, we're so tired and overwhelmed when we do so much for other people that it's easy to kind of forget what we have. And, you know, I think that a person who helps me remember that, my mother-in-law, she visits during, um several times during the year, and she always reminds me of like what she's thankful for. I mean, she just kind of, in every conversation, I feel like she's talking about, I'm grateful to wake up another day. Oh, I'm grateful I talked to my sister. Or, you know, and, and it always reminds me that like, I, we can get so busy and so frustrated with all that we have to do that we, we too will go through the day without really being thankful. So I have tried to start waking up. And the first thing I wake up as I'm like trying to comb this hair and then <laughs> wild curly hair in the mirror is like, I am so glad that we're going on vacation in two weeks, or I am so happy that Lex got an A on his science test. Like just one thing every morning, as soon as you wake up, or it could be like, I'm so glad my husband didn't snore last night. It could be that. <laughs> simple, right? So if, if we can just get into the habit, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm you know, so grateful for this house over my head. You know, it doesn't have to be magnanimous. It could be the little things. And that's like, a, an, I feel like an important practice that we can start for ourselves. Or it could be like, I'm so grateful that I'm having coffee with my girls this morning. Yes. Another thing that could be helpful is, and I call this a spiritual discipline for mom sometimes, is for you to just think of one thing that you're grateful for in your kid. Mm, Yeah. Because a lot of times we just default into like, I'm so irritated that the towels are on the floor again. So to actually kind of make yourself every day, like what's one thing that I could be grateful for, for, you know, my four-year-old, 14-year-old or 20-year-old. Yeah. You know, one of the things I started during the kind of pandemic, we're kind of on lockdown and at a point we were getting on each other's nerves, which, and it was inevitable during the <laughs> pandemic. Yes. I started this, I leave notes in the, in the teenager's bathroom and it's called what I love about you. And it's mm. just like, and it was just like, I love that you cleaned up the bathroom yesterday after, you know, or I love that you didn't yell at your brother and you played trucks with him. And I think that it takes a little, it's like a post-it note and it takes two seconds. And at first he was like, why are you leaving me these notes? But then I, you know, but I noticed he didn't throw them away. Like I was in his room, like weeks late, he wasn't throwing them away. So we may not think that they want that acknowledgement or that kind of tenderness, but they do. And that also, it also helps them see that we are grateful for them and the way that they are as teens even when it drives us crazy sometimes. (laughs) I love that idea because you think like a 14 year old boy would think that's silly, but, but he liked it. So I I love that. Yeah. So one thing I think that can be helpful to the moms listening out there is we're entering the holiday season Mm -hmm. is I think to be thankful some that you need time to reflect. And if we're so busy that it's hard to even look at our lives. So I I think if you can set an intention to be kind to yourself over the holidays and give yourself a little bit of downtime, I think that could Mm -hmm. be amazing. Or even give yourself the gift of asking what would make this Thanksgiving or holiday season really special for me. Mm -hmm. 
And it's okay to do that. I feel like everyone, our moms who take those moments for themselves feel selfish. And I hate that, you know, it just, it drives me crazy yes. because we just don't feel that we're entitled to take time away from our kids. And I'll tell you this, if you're happier and more relaxed, your kids are happier and more relaxed. So even if it's the five minutes, oh, this is what I was going to tell you. Like what I noticed is that when I talk to moms, they don't breathe. Does that make sense? They don't take big ex- in, inhale and exhale oh, outside so, by themselves. Yeah, that's so true. It's always like, yes. oh, it's always this like rushing, rushing, rushing. And I started doing that when I'm alone in the car, maybe it's on my way back from dropping off at school or on my way. It could be even on my way to the grocery store. And in New York, we walk to the grocery store because there's no parking spaces in, front of, in the grocery store. Yes, yes. And I'm like, I like, especially when the air is crisp, just taking a deep breath and it feels so good. And I didn't appreciate when at my most overwhelmed, I didn't appreciate that moment, but even doing something like that can be so cleansing and so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just if you're stepping outside for five minutes and taking a breath, I love it. Yeah. 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 Or something like, you know, I personally love the smell of wet leaves in the, in the fall. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, like something like that, like just smelling the way I grew up in the Midwest and it was always such a pretty time, you know, just taking a moment for yourself where it's all about you. And it could be like a five minute call every other night with your best friend or your sister, your mother, whomever brings you joy when you talk to them. And, and believe me, if you're craving it, they're craving it too. I think that's what I hear a lot. Like, Oh, I don't want to bother. So, and so I'm like, Nope, if you need it, that other person needs it too. Yes. Good point. So do you have any other advice for the moms listening? Yeah. You know, when I talk, we talked a lot about modeling gratitude and teaching our teens through our example about how to be kind and how to exhibit gratitude. But I also want moms to show their teens when they're happy. Because every mom I asked, I was like, do you want your child to think that adulthood is about being overwhelmed, frazzled, crazed, just this thing you survive, or do you want them to feel as though they're happy and fulfilled adults? So in order to be that, sometimes we have to give ourselves a little space and, and dedicate time for ourselves so our, that our kids become, see that it's okay to make time for yourself and do something for yourself. I agree completely. Well, Erica, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I love talking about teens. So many people want to just talk about the littles and those of us with teens. We need to get this out as well. So, (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.